0: Psalm 40 verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he climbed unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings. He didn't put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many are going to see it. Everybody going to celebrate. Some of them are going to be afraid and shall trust in the Lord. All of God's people said amen. amen. Just for a few moments, I want to speak to you about the waiting conflict. Relationship with God is, is very complicated. We're required to talk to him daily whether he answers or not. Believe in him wholly, even though sensory abilities and our hands can't hold him. We are to praise him, although he doesn't need it in order to exist. The essence, the matter, the substance that fuels our relationship with God is faith. Simply, we choose to believe. Somebody say we choose to believe. My faith tells me he's real. My faith calls me to hear his answers to my questions. My faith fuels me to praise him although he has people and rocks who will praise him if I chose not to. It's my faith. The Bible says if anyone is ever going to come in relationship with God, he must first believe that God he is. I like a Bible church, he is. And he's a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek Him. God is. God is a keeper. He's a sustainer. Uh-huh. Yes, He is. He's a healer. Yeah, he's a savior. He's a deliverer. A mind regulator. God is a way out of no way. Water when I'm thirsty, bread when I'm hungry. God is. And my faith increases the more I experience him. I prayed and it happened. I prayed and it changed. I prayed and it turned. I prayed and he answered. These things increase our faith. But there's another aspect in walking with God that will both challenge and expose your faith. I call it the waiting conflict. God is omnipotent, all-powerful, and we're good with that. He's omnipresent, means he's everywhere at the same time, and that's awesome. omniscient, all-knowing, and we're mostly okay with that. But the attribute of God that we have the most complicated relationship with is God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty deals with his ability to do whatever he wants to do whenever he gets ready to do it. In other words, God is eternal and he's not pressed. (laughs) He's eternal and time doesn't intimidate him. He's eternal so he has no deadline to meet. He's eternal so your timeline doesn't give him anxiety. Tell your neighbor, he's sovereign. sovereign. And he doesn't have a problem with his sovereignty. But his sovereignty frustrates us because his sovereignty drops us off in a space called waiting room. And that's the conflict. Waiting is hard for us. It really is because more times than not, waiting is something we didn't choose. If we could get it now, if we could know it now, if we could arrive there now, we would be there now. I want you to write this down, waiting is hard for us because waiting is relinquishing control to someone who has what we need. It's a control issue. That's what waiting is. It's hard for us because it's relinquishing control. This is why waiting is such an expression of faith because waiting is not just about what you're waiting for. Here, but it says something about the way you see who you're waiting on. See, (laughs) when you're not willing to wait on God, we're actually saying we don't trust Him. You're actually declaring that He's not trustworthy or you know better than he knows. It was Abraham that had a promise, but because he wasn't willing to wait, he birthed the enemy of that promise. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm not gonna go into details. Tell him, but I should have waited. This waiting conflict affects you mentally. Waiting can be exhausting because you can be sitting in your seat but running in your mind. This is why David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Waiting is the action, but patiently is the attitude. Everybody say that waiting is the action, but patiently is the attitude. Now look at the same person beside you and tell them what's your attitude looking like. The truth is, most of us don't have an option whether or not to wait. As mad as we are, as frustrated as we can be, you still got to wait. In these situations, you have no control over whether you wait, but you can decide how, how you wait. The way you wait is going to determine your outcome. It may not change the product, but it's going to change how well you can enjoy it when it finally gets here. Stressing don't make it better. Hmm. Worrying don't change it. But waiting in faith can actually renew you. I'm going to say this and I'm going to hurry up and finish. The waiting is not for God. It ain't God is working on it. I know we say those things and we we try to give you know the, the, our deity human attributes to make us feel better with Him, but He ain't nowhere working on it. Anything God will do, He has already done. That's not metaphorically. That's not just symbolically. No, it's already done. It is God that declares the end of the thing from the beginning. When he said on the cross, it is finished. That don't mean I'm going to, it's finished, but I got to still, you know, clean it up a little bit. And I ain't going to give it to you without, without ironing it and washing it. No, no, no. It's really already finished. It's only a matter of time. And it came to pass. Not for God. It came to pass for you. And so, oh my God, so the waiting has nothing to do with God as much as it has that the waiting period is working something in you and it's working something out of you. I need you to tell somebody and testify to them and be honest, tell them the waiting has been killing me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, tell somebody else, tell them to be honest, to be honest. Come on. For real, for real, this waiting has been killing me. What is this about? Please tell me. What's going to happen? Please tell me. What's the outcome? Hurry up and just whatever's going to be, let it be. Hurry up. This waiting is killing me. And God says, this is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to kill everybody. me. Listen to what Joe, hallelujah. Chapter 14, verse 14 says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time. Glory be to God. Tell your neighbor, everybody got an appointment. Hallelujah. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. That tells me that my change is connected to my waiting. This part of my notes is entitled DMV waiting room. Take a number and sit down. Aunt Joycey, just because we're all in the same room doesn't mean we're all in the same place. Now, we need, we need to, I need to say this to you because some of you are upset with God because it happened for your friend. I mean, I'm not, I'm not jealous of my friend, but I'm just saying, like, when is it, you know, you did it for them. When are you going to do it for me? What you got to realize, just because we're all in the same room don't mean we're all in the same place. I was here 30 minutes before you got here. Nothing, listen, let me tell you, sitting at the stoplight when there's a turning lane to the left of you can be very deceiving. Have you ever sat at a stoplight and you got a red light and all of a sudden the lane to the left of you start turning? And all of a sudden, you take your foot off the gas? Tell your neighbor, different lane. That light ain't yours. Come on, different lane. Just because everybody else is turning, don't mean it's your time to turn. And many of us have made a lot of accidents and mistakes because we moved when everybody else was moving and it wasn't your time. I, y'all do not want to hear this message and I get it. Your flesh is squirming because everybody want to hear it. It's my time and my season. It may be your season, but it may be your season to wait. Everybody says, oh, I'm waiting to hear what God. What, what, what happens when God says, not yet? May we understand the, the dialogue and the, and the verbiage of Jesus Christ. When he says, my time is not yet. And tell your neighbor, and I'm okay with it. No, no. See, the the reason why I had you to say it, you're either lying or you're prophesying. DMV said, just because we're in the same room don't mean we're in the same place. You got to wait your turn. And just because you're sitting beside me doesn't mean that it's your turn after me. Proximity does not equate your turn. Because when you go to the DMV, you're going to find out something. They're going to say, B2 at 1-5. to five. And he's, okay, I'm, I'm B3. Then they're going to say, and I'm saying, hold on now, I was next, but this is what you got to realize, just because we're all in the same room, doesn't mean we're all here for the same reason, you need a license, I'm just getting mine renewed. Tads. Come on, somebody. We all here for different. (laughs) Mm. I want to say this to you. It's going to be worth the wait. Now, really, I want to encourage you. It's going to be worth the wait. If you let it, if you let it, stillness and waiting is going to renew you. No, maybe. God out of his love for you is letting you get still to catch your breath for what's coming because you think about it many of us we've been operating in a storm all of our lives (laughs) to the point if you're not in a storm you talk like a storm you know you're you're rushing even if you're not if you're not late because it's our life you know we even complain about good moments. You know, how you doing? Oh, got this new car, man. I just, now you gotta clean it and wash the mats and, like, all right, car, this is a good thing, right? We're so accustomed to a storm that we complain that we don't, that if we don't get still, we're gonna mess up a good season. Because we're gonna handle a new place with our old trauma. As I as been a pastor over the years dealing with people who who've had surgeries, and one of the hardest things for people after surgery is recovery, because recovery is painful. You know, once those meds start lifting up, because you're like, I've heard people to come out of surgery like, I feel good. You sure? Yeah, I feel good. I, you in any pain? No, I'm good. I just I feel good. <laughs> And then the next day, how you doing? Oh, pray for me. <laughs> I don't know if they did it right or not because I'm just in pain. Because recovery is painful. But one, of the, one, of the, one of the hardest things about recovery is you have to be still. How many people have messed up when you should be recovering? You trying to rush your process and trying to go back to doing what you've always done. God says, no, this ain't punishment. This is me preserving you. I see what's coming. My Lord, I'm getting you still in this moment. Stop valuing yourself based upon what you can do for everybody. And learn how to be still, My Lord. See, waiting is so important because if you don't wait on God, you're going to end up occupied that when God sends what he desires for you, you're going to miss it. Wait wait on God. And, and again I say, wait on him. Because it's a saying, it ain't a scripture, but it's a good saying. Good things comes to those who wait. And I'm going to tell you something else going to happen for you to wait. Vindication. I got seven minutes left. If you wait and keep your mouth out of it, if you wait and stop trying to get even if you wait and stop keep trying to tear your side if you wait and stop passing around screenshots if you wait and stop threatening you keep running your mouth if you just wait God said I'll vindicate you he said I'll clear your name hallelujah he said I'll fight for you but I can't fight for you with you in the way. Wait, 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 wait! Hallelujah! And that's what Pentecost is about. Pentecost is all about waiting. Glory be to God. He looks at them, and Matthew twenty-eight and nineteen. Says, Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I have told you. Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. In my name, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You should take up serpents. And when I harm you, if you drink any deadly thing, it won't kill you. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you should have power to be witnesses. I'm going to send you to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And to folk that are far off, they're going to come looking for you. Like the house of Cornelius. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Send me. I'm ready. I'm going to do it. He said, wait. I'm telling you what I'm going to do with you. I'm giving you instructions about what's going to happen. But before you go do it, go to Jerusalem and wait there until I endow you with power from on high. See, it ain't enough to have inspiration. It ain't enough to have motivation. Look at somebody tell them, you got to have power. Tell your neighbor, I want power with God. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord and the creator of the ends of the earth, he don't faint, he don't get weary, and you can't search his understanding. But one thing he will do, he'll give power to the faint and to those who are weak, he'll increase your strength. Even young people will have heart attacks and get weary and young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want you to tell somebody I've been in a conflict lately. Tell them I've been in a waiting conflict. But I need somebody in here to know that he that will come, he shall come, and he ain't gonna tarry. He ain't gonna have to tarry, because you gonna wait on him. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll stay right here. His shallow comes. I'll stay right here until he reveals himself. I'm gonna wait on him. Look at your neighbor, tell him wait on the Lord. He's gonna renew you but you got to wait on him. Everybody in this room clap your hands and give God praise. Stand on your feet and say Lord I'll wait on you. Even when it don't feel good Lord, I'll wait on you teach me how to wait teach me How to stay consistent? Because waiting is not just sitting but waiting is Serving I'll serve you Until you do it serve you while I'm waiting. You're trustworthy, and everything I got is on guard. In times past, I walked away from the waiting conflict got up and left uh, because it was taking too long, uh, but what I had to learn, uh, just because you walked out, uh, don't fix the situation. Uh, eventually, uh, you got to come back uh, and start over. Uh, look at somebody, tell them I'm tired of I'm, uh, I'm starting over. Of doing the same thing over and over. This time, my God, tell us about it. This time, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna fight back. I'm not gonna be impatient. Somebody shout, "This time!" What are you gonna do? I'm gonna wait. I'm I'm gonna wait. This sermon. Won't go well on a t-shirt. But this is one of those principles. Because uh, in our Pentecostal apostolic culture, we really preach about the instantaneous movement of God. And it's true. Suddenly. But I want you to know, while it was sudden to you, it was in the process all the time. Yes, oh, I want to, I want to lay hands on you and make all your troubles go away. But sometimes when I lay my hands on you, it's not going to be Lord take it away. It's going to be Lord sustainer in the process. Help her to wait on you. Remove the fear and the anxiety in the waiting room. Let her know your word is true. Remind her of what you said. Because God's sovereignty, He going to always move just because you yelled. Can, can, can we talk about another level of faith? There were those who waited on it. And they didn't get to see it. And you know what happened? The Bible said it pleased God. What? It pleased. Because you know what pleases God? Faith. You don't have to rescue God. You know what he said? He says, Abraham believed. They kept talking about the Messiah. The Messiah that would come. Abraham died. Messiah had came. Isaac was declaring about Messiah. Isaac died and Messiah didn't come. Jacob declared about the Messiah because out of his loins the Messiah will come. Jacob died. Messiah didn't come. David said his enemies would be subdued under his feet. David prophesied about Messiah and guess what? Messiah didn't come. David died. Could you imagine though? As they rested in the bosom of Abraham after their death, they were very much alive. I want you to know all your family members that died, they are very much alive. They're more alive now than they were when you knew them. Could you imagine in Abraham's bosom, all of them are sitting around and all of a sudden walking through the door? Because see, y'all know what happened on the surface. When it looked like Jesus was defeated, when he says, It's finished, he didn't say it's over, he said it's finished. He took on death because death was the doorway for him. To go into the lower parts of the earth, to those who had prophesied and waited and never got to see. He may not come when you want him, but Abraham said there he is, (laughs) he's right on time. He's so faithful he'll keep his word to dead men. My question to you is he worthy of the weight? Not if is it worthy of the weight. Is he worthy? Hey this is Bishop Sy Younger. Thank you for watching this video and now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational motivational and gospel content in your direction.